0: Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie and I'm Savannah and on today's episode we will be talking to Jasmine from Jasmine Ray Cakes.
1: Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more and you do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I send me everything. You know, baking is It's such
2: a craft, all of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy, and it's so rewarding.
0: Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. Hi you guys, thanks for joining us on today's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah, and I'm here with my mom, Carrie, and together we own the Dessert Studio
2: in Utah. So we started out this week in the bakery by having a personal class. We had a girl that wanted us to teach her how to make a cake that isn't crumbly and how to get nice good layers and structure to the cake. So that was kind of fun. It took us back to the very basics. We get so used to making a lot of cakes that sometimes we forget about some of the things we're doing and why we're doing some of the things we're doing. So we thought we'd just share a few of the tips with you that we shared with her. Um, first, you want to make sure that your oven temperature is correct. Sometimes you need to like do a little check on your oven and put a temperature uh, thermometer in there to check the temperature and make sure that it's baking at the correct temperature. And then, um, I don't know, I don't know where we heard this, but we heard that you should also let your oven preheat for a little bit longer once it beeps and says it's ready give it a few more minutes because sometimes um, it's not quite there yet. Yeah I think the
0: longer your oven is at the temperature you needed it the better. Yeah. So make that make that your first thing to do when you get in the kitchen.
2: Yeah so one of the things we also mentioned to her was to be super generous when you're greasing your pans and to use parchment paper. So generous. Uh, (laughs) Parchment paper is like a gift to bakers, I think, because um, it just makes releasing the pan so much easier and it just keeps the cake. I don't know. there's just a level of insurance there when you use parchment paper. So use lots of grease and parchment paper. that'll be that will be a good a good way to be sure that you get a good release on your cakes. Um, another thing is be careful not to overbake. Uh, that's that's a big problem if you have a dry cake most of the time it's because of one of the big culprits is over baking so be sure that you're being careful not to over bake it and that obviously you don't want a a wet and gooey inside but you also want to be sure that it's not um, dry inside.
0: she brought her sister too and so they had decided on a recipe that they wanted to try so we had all the ingredients there and ready to go but we recommended that whenever you're trying a new recipe and it gives you the time that it calls for um start with something lower because it might take that amount of time and that's fine but if you go like several minutes below that then you're sure that you're not over baking and sometimes ovens are different they vary and so it's good just to be safer and maybe start five minutes less than what it calls for so that you're...
2: You can always keep baking, but you can't ever go backwards. Exactly. (laughs) So another thing, um, if you're baking a cake from scratch, you need to be sure that you're measuring out your ingredients properly and that you're using the right kind of measuring cups. There is a difference between liquid measuring cups and dry ingredient measuring cups so be sure that you're using the right kind of measuring cups and when you're measuring flour you want to spoon it lightly into the cup and then scrape it off because if you are just having a clump of heavy flour in there you're and gonna end up with more flour than you need so those are just a few of the tips to try to be sure you have the perfect cake when you bring it out of the oven
0: I'm sure lots of those everyone already knows but it was just interesting to kind of go from where we began and just like remember all of these little tips and tricks and and it's I don't know it's a good it refresher kind of, it was kind of just like teaching a new child just like yeah. the little steps of what you need to do and so
2: it was it was fun though it yeah was good to just and I think it's a good refresher course for us yeah, too for to sure. kind of see you know we get we get so used to doing things the way we're doing them and and when you have someone that you're teaching brand new you remember oh tell them about this and Mm -hmm. then that kind of reminds you that oh yeah pay more attention to that next time for sure So
0: another part of this week is one of my best friends got married and so we were able to do their wedding cake and yeah it's always fun just to do the wedding cake of your friends or family or people you know so
2: yeah and then you get to stay and watch it be cut (laughs) you you get to be a part of all parts of that wedding cake's life yeah
0: for sure (laughs)
2: So, but we're really excited today. We're going to be talking to Jasmine from Jasmine Ray Cakes. She is um, in California and she is such an artist. I'm so excited to talk to her because she really, she was inspiring as we were getting going with the the dessert studio. So let's get her on.
1: Hi, Jasmine. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. Good. That's Good.
2: (laughs) Well, we're sure glad to have you on the podcast today. We've been looking forward to talking to you.
1: I have actually been looking forward to doing this too. I know it took a while before we could sync up, but I'm really glad we're able to. Yeah, for sure.
2: All right. Well, let's just jump right in there. We'd love to give have you give us a little background about your business.
1: Yeah, a, a lot. I, you actually surprised me by phrasing it that way. Most of the time, people say, "How did you get started?" Um, or how did you decide to become a cake maker? And that's, and usually I have kind of a pat answer for that. So now I'm going to take this opportunity to see <laughs> if I can make a new narrative. It differently for me, um, I, you know, I would say that my business has been. it's It's interesting because a lot of times people will say, what is your favorite? cake that you've ever created, but I would say that my business has been, um, my, my favorite artistic output, uh, and that kind of maybe will segue a little bit into my sort of theory of practice, you could say, but, um, uh, you know, to see my business as, as a creation that I would love to celebrate, um, and, and how it has been, um, so impactful and formative for the entirety of my life. Uh, you know, I'm able to even reap lessons from experiences that I've had over the last 14 and a half years um, that help me as a mother and help me, you know, consolidate the information that's being coming at, at us all in the world right now. So um, I would say that kind of the broader process uh, or, or the, the broader answer about my business is that it has been a, a process of growth um, create, creatively and, um, you know, feeding back to in, impact me as well.
2: I really like that, thinking of your business as just as creative a thing as like a cake or something where we know we're being artistic, but you're using your creativity actually in your business also. And I think that's really... That's a great way to look at it. Do you, you did you say you've been in business for fourteen years? Is that is that yes. as Jasmine Ray Cakes?
1: Yes. Wow. Actually, it was Jasmine Ray Bakery originally. I did a lot of um, wholesale at the beginning, and then about four years in, I just quit doing wholesale and focused exclusively on cakes. Um, but I, you know, I, I wasn't sure who I was at the beginning, so um, it was. Any anything from you know muffins and cookies to gougeres and cakes and all different kinds of cakes and I even entertained making Australian meat pies for half a second before I decided
0: that <laughs> I feel like we all go through that where we're like just kind of discovering what we want to do in our business and we try so many different things and then And then yeah we kind of narrow in on the one thing that we do want to focus on so how did how did that process work for you of kind of just discovering that wedding cakes was what you wanted to focus on
1: um yeah well when I it it was an interesting moment when I decided to stop doing wholesale and I remember it really vividly sitting in the car um you know I just I was dropping my mom off from I think she helped me with deliveries that day or something and Um, and I spoke into the universe as I like to kind of imagine that moment, um, that I don't want to do wholesale anymore. So that kind of started things for me, you know, then it was to focus on cakes. And so then when I started making cakes, I did the same thing that a lot of other people do when they first start out, which is, um, they believe that they're supposed to make all the cakes every kind of cake, whatever, you know, whatever someone calls you for, if it's got cake in it, you are supposed to make it since you are a cake maker. So um, I did that for a while before realizing that, um, you know, and while developing my skills, which helped inform a little bit about the character of of the work that I wanted to be making um, and getting, you know, more into kind of the fine art process of it that was my background. So to kind of rejuvenate it and bring it into my professional life, um, it was, you know, a really nice kind of advantage and driving force for me. And then uh, I, I started, you know, over years, I would say, I started focusing even more on, okay, well, now I don't want to do the, the cakes that look like Handbags or cartoon characters, and you know that sort of thing. And as much as I'm grateful for those skills, there's you know there's something more more and more and more specific um, that was forming as my skills developed and my sense of self. Um, so at one point I realized I'm you know I'm I'm pretty much in the wedding industry um, and the cake industry, but also an artist and feeling not as invited into the art industry um, because the medium isn't generally perceived as an art medium um, or taken as seriously as a, as a high art. Uh, I, I became very interested in trying to carve out a, a place for myself in the world of high art as well. Um, so that I would say that's kind of the, the trajectory from you know, like a superficial identity s- sense, but um, being in a building of all artists uh, where I work uh, was, was, was formative for that as well. Um, and yeah. so, could you, you describe know, that place
2: of- for, for us? Because I know you don't work out of like what we typically think of as a bakery. <laughs> so could you kind of well, describe what your, what your place is like?
1: Yeah, it, it looks like a, it looks like a studio that is a kitchen. So I'm, you know, it's a big like two hundred and fifty thousand square foot building or something, and I'm on the third floor in the middle, and you pass a bunch of artist studios to get to my space, and um and you know you knock on the door like any like any of the other artist studio doors, except when you go in there's a sink and an oven and a hood and you know equipment and stuff. So very cool. that's, that's what the space looks like. And I, I, you know, all the artists have to walk by my uh, space on the way to the bathroom. So I really get to meet everybody and be part of the community.
2: That's really cool. And I would imagine that that kind of a location actually helped you with that honing in on the high art that you wanted absolutely. to be creating.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was there for me from high school because I went to an art magnet high school but um, kind of being back into that space where I'm surrounded by it all the time um, really made a difference. I think it gave me a different level of permission than perhaps the the, the cake maker who stays at home and you know is surrounded by fa- their family all the time or their roommates. Um, it it just it felt like there were there were different possibilities available.
2: That's awesome, and so you said that you weren't, you honed in on this particular style. How long ago did that, did you feel like you kind of arrived at this place where you're working on these really high concept, very artistic cakes?
1: I would say around 2013 uh, was when it really started to develop for me. Um, Because, you know, I had been doing the same thing that, like I said, that a lot of other people do, where you're, you're just trying to make all the cakes. You're trying to make everything and Um, and Instagram wasn't like as big at that time. I wasn't even on Instagram. Um, so I didn't have a a strong sense of kind of, you know, what are other people doing except for, you know, just kind of bakery, uh, bakeries in the area. So, um, when in 2013, gosh, I, I couldn't tell you that there's like a specific moment, but I would say that there was... Um, kind of like a a developing moment, um, if you will, from when I started to kind of fight with the nature of my space. Um, My space is really, really dry. The humidity level is like around 30% most of the time. And a very common way of uh, decorating a cake at that time, like the way to decorate a cake with fondant, was the draping technique. And, you know, using satin ice and trying to drape a cake in an extremely dry space, it was always cracking. Um, So, you know, this developing moment was essentially me kind of recognizing that I'm fighting this too much. Like if I'm fighting it this hard, this is not sustainable. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to feel satisfied as an artist. I'm not going to feel happy with my work as a person. If it's always this like uphill battle about it, uh, resentment will build, etc. And so, um, there came a moment, I guess, where I was able to give permission to myself to allow the cracks to be there. And then not just to allow them to be there and say, okay, that's fine. Like it's flawed, but to actually see them as beautiful, to celebrate them and, um, and to, you know, to stand for their beauty in the face of others. And it was around and it was shortly after that that I joined Instagram. And, you know, it felt very uh, edgy to put my stuff out there with all the cracks on, you know, and, the, and just but and to say, like, this is really beautiful. I, I love this. Um, but then to have the reflection of, you know, the positive feedback, um, it just kind of helped me grow that more.
0: That's very cool, cause yeah, it, your work is very textural, and I think that's mm-hmm. awesome to just hear how it was more of just acceptance. Like the world yeah. was giving you the cracks, and you just accepted it. I think that's so cool.
2: That's really, that's really cool, and it's, and it's developed into something that really is unique to you. There are other people that do some things similar now. I'm not sure if they're like following in your footsteps or what, but, but (laughs) it it definitely feels very unique to you. And it feels very, um, it it feels very organic. And so your story is very cool how it came about because it was, I I don't know. I just think it's, it's neat to let the, the medium work through you instead of like you battling it, like you said. So that's, that's awesome.
1: So that's exactly what I fell in love with. I mean, that's that's how it continued to develop. I, I became committed to, you know, my my all any technique I do, any technique I develop is going to be about making a relationship with my material, not dictating my material.
0: Yeah. So I love that. um,
1: th- that's that's really kind of the spark that started at that time. Um, And it's continued to develop since. And that's
2: totally the artist in you saying that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So about branding. So you definitely have something you look at your Instagram, you know, it's you. So um, and you mentioned that there were certain kinds of cakes that you realized that you didn't want to do. And so you kind of backed away. Was it hard in the beginning to turn down those cakes that weren't what you were wanting to do?
1: Um. Yes and no. Um, once I fell in love with my new kind of perspective on my work and and my identity as an artist, um, it was it was easy to say I'm not doing that anymore. You know, um, I and I had a couple of experience of experiences where I compromised that integrity and it backfired on me, um, either in you know an upset client or my own just like be feeling miserable while making the work. Um, and so that kind of helped cement moving forward. And then the, and, and then, so then the other thing was, I decided I had, I was very lucky. I had a dear friend who had become kind of a uh, client for life um, that had started with a really rocky situation and um, just became an absolutely blossoming, lovely, um, lifelong relationship. And she was a doctor and she had started a business called As You Wish, where she would allow, um, people to pay for her doctor services as, you know, however they could afford to what, you know, whatever they wanted to contribute. So they really got to, um, give the price. And so when I decided to shift my work, I had to let go of, families, largely, um, who had been ordering cakes for their kids for years, and that was really painful for me, so there were a few families that I continued to make for, and I would do it on an as-you-wish basis, um, and that really allowed me to feel like I was just being generous, um, you know, and, and, and they and they would just kind of give me a little direction, and I could do, what, do it however I wanted, and So it became an opportunity to try and practice the artistic touch with content that i wouldn't normally perceive as inherently artistic um and so it was kind of an interesting challenge on top of feeling like just something very heartwarming you could say and and it allowed me to stay in relationship with those families for a good a good deal longer than I would have otherwise you know just turning people away was um, was pretty painful at the beginning um, and then I'll say one more thing too is that uh, I was also very ignorant about how much money I was actually making on those cakes so <laughs> that ended up working well in my favor or else I might have continued to make the,
2: that work a lot longer than I would have <laughs> That's funny. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Sometimes we'll take on an order or something and think that we're charging the right thing for it and then discover that we grossly undercharged because of yes. what was involved. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so I, I have to say that having read about your your branding and how you turned down business and stuff was was actually inspiring to us as we were getting started in our bakery too because we realized that there were certain things that weren't our forte and that we didn't need to mm-hmm. to accept just so that we would be accepting everything. And so there are some mm-hmm. kinds of things now that we actually just refer them to other people because that's not what we're specializing in. And mm-hmm. and I like what you yeah, said
0: you I like what you said a little bit ago about how like you take on that order and then it's just a challenge and you're not enjoying it and I think that is one of the main things that I don't know that we is evidence that we should be sometimes turning away certain orders because if we're not enjoying being a cake maker in that moment then then we'll get in a rut and it won't be enjoyable and so I think we need to definitely be inspired by what we're doing and if that does mean turning away orders then so be it but if we're happy while doing it then then it's worth it
2: and I think we'll have yeah, happier well, customers that way too
1: yeah it's a better service to your client yeah for in, sure in, in, yeah so the client, clients can feel when you have made a cake resentfully you know they 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 can kind of feel it a little yeah, bit
2: yeah for sure well it's I don't know. Sometimes it's easy to see a cake that was uninspired (laughs) and compare that to a cake that felt inspired. And there really is a difference in the final product.
1: Yes, usually.
2: So can you um, give any advice to our listeners and to all of us really about how to be true to your brand and what your, what your aesthetic is?
1: Um, to be true to your brand and your, what your aesthetic is? I mean, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a life practice. I, it, it, at the risk of sounding a little hokey, I, you know, I, w- I would really say that though, because, um, you know, especially right now, I've been finding that, you know, with the pandemic, I have not been in the kitchen there, you know, I'm not getting um, orders because weddings aren't happening. And so I'm having a very different experience of my business um, and, I'm, and I'm a mom, so I'm with my son a lot more and just not able to create as often um, because my son is really young and demands my attention and I want to give it to him. Um, so I'm finding how then can I be feeding myself as an artist during this time? And, you know, the way that that I'm hoping I'm answering your question is by saying that um, being true to yourself is something that you can do in any moment. I remember listening one time to I, I took a yoga class one time and, and the teacher said, even if you can't do the pose correctly, just try to make it beautiful. And I'd never really thought about that Um with yoga before, it was always just like, can I, you know, get my body to get to this position or whatever it was. And I um, I realized, you know, for him, making it beautiful was what was important. And and for me, you know, whatever it is for me is is the thing to focus on when, when working, even if I'm testing the limits of my skills. Um, so I would say the same thing for any cake makers. um you know if there's something that you think is really important to you and and it's not going to be necessarily making it beautiful maybe it's going to be about making it brazen maybe it's going to be about um you know saying it subtly maybe it's going to be about you know layers and layers how are you practicing yourself um all the time in every and everything that you're doing so when that comes to your branding, that isn't just the cakes you're making. That's not just the work that's leaving the kitchen and going to a client's hand. It's, it's you know, how are you communicating with them in a way that is still adhering to that? Um, how are you, you know, running your own business? How are you keeping your space? You know, is it is it still being true to that voice that, that, you know, is, is the heart and the seat of your, of your business.
2: I love that. So it's not just about like creating a brand, it's creating something that's truthful and honest to yourself and to your artistic abilities and to just your life, your life in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like I'm, uh, even if, even though I haven't made even a tenth of the number of cakes I normally would have made by this point in the year, I am still growing just as much as a cake maker because I get to practice myself all the time.
2: That's that's great. Thank you. That was a little pearl of wisdom there. (laughs) For sure.
0: (laughs) So a little more wisdom for the parents out there. Um, kind of going back to before this pandemic, when you were just running a full-time business and and being a mother, how were you able to juggle both of those roles?
1: Oh man, I think i would I would ask for some wisdom here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, I think I think inside your question is is a, you know, kind of a question that I have of like, what is that new normal going to be? Um, I think there, I think a lot of families in the United States and anyone who is listening internationally, many, many, many other places can relate as well, I know, um, um, have struggled with the unworkability of that imbalance. That's why it is constantly a question work-life balance, work-life balance, how do you do it, how do you get it, Um, you know, what new app can you download, or blah, 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 to help with that, and um, I'm hoping that the question is rendered um, irrelevant when the new normal starts to coagulate, because I think if, if there's anything that this pandemic has given us, it's a chance to recalibrate, look at everything, and see what See you know see what hasn't been working and it's so profoundly that we've all just grown so deeply accustomed to, um, and and see if we can practice something new. So, um, you know, one thing that is related actually to the last question, the last answer was is, I can still be my self, and practice all of the beautiful, delicious, yummy things about being an artist of cake um, in, in all aspects of my life. And I don't need the business to be the outlet for me. Um, so it makes it a little bit more permissible for me to find that so-called balance, um, because it's, the the fulfill the fulfillment is always readily available i'm not saying i'm going to be great at at you know capturing it every single moment but it's always available and um and so even if you fall down a little bit just kind of coming back to getting a chance to you know do the pose beautifully um whether it's the way that you speak with your children or the way that you you know form this petal on a flower, et cetera. Um, I, I would say that, that the balance is kind of already inherent. Maybe, you know, maybe what there is to look at is what are we doing to block it?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and how often are we practicing it? Because really yeah. everything is there that we need. And are we just taking advantage of it and using it? Because that's, that's really true. There's always... There's always different aspects of our lives that we can exercise and improve our agency on and do better at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you believe in, God, the universe, whatever it may be, it won't give you anything that you can't handle. And so, yeah, I love that. Just just working with what you have and just making making it all work. And I think we can do and that. Making it beautiful. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. So getting back to your business a little bit, are you, do you have employees? Obviously during this COVID thing, everything's different, but do you usually have employees or are you a one woman show?
1: Oh no, I definitely have a, I definitely have a staff. Um, I I think being a one woman show would be, I I have tried that. It's just so hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm Um, sure as your business has grown, it's, I mean, it's just needed.
1: Yeah. Well, also, you know, we have so many, you know, unique weaknesses, um, you could say, or challenges or, you know, um, that, uh, you know, if, if somebody isn't there, it, it can be really painful ongoingly and stressful. Um, so, yes, I, I have a staff. I usually, um, I usually have someone who helps with office stuff. Um, I have a wonderful woman who has been baking with me for almost the entirety I've been in business. Wow. Um, and then I have uh, a- another woman who um, has been with me for several years now and um, and she does kind of a little bit of everything and you know largely helps with decorating as well. Um, so that's and then somebody who, who comes and wash dishes. But, you know, again, at this point, uh, everything is of course an upheaval. So, yeah. um, trying to preserve those relationships because it's, it, you know, it's magical when you have a team that you just trust so deeply, um, so I'm I'm a little solemn. I'm hearing in my own voice talking about <laughs> yeah. it because I don't know how it's gonna look on the other side. Yeah, because
2: it has sure. been hard, and hopefully we'll get back to a place where you can have that same magic team. Because otherwise, the pandemic has had more casualties than just a regular pandemic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean there would still be a lot of there would still be a lot of opportunity in you know kind of reducing, but um. Maintaining the relationships uh, will be important. You know, it, it even even if my business comes around the other side looking really different, um, which it very well might. Uh, I care so deeply about these people that I, um, I just I, how can I have them in my life? You know, that's right. my question. <laughs>
2: Well, you were talking a minute ago about like the delicious artwork of cakes, and so I have to ask you because I've noticed, I was reading through some of your stuff online and some of your reviews, and it sounds like you have some really unusual cake flavors that you have developed. So can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how you go about doing that and maybe what some of your favorites are?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Instagram is such a visual platform, you can't yet lick your phone and taste something, so I <laughs> um, I focus so much more on the art, but I am just as passionate about the flavor um, as another form of art, obviously, um, but uh, I'm, I'm a, a novelty junkie. When I go to a restaurant, um, if the dessert menu is kind of standard, I won't even bother most of the time. Um, you know, you can tell when there's a pastry chef and when there isn't. Uh, based on, you know, kind of the ad- adventurousness or inventiveness of the, um, of the dessert descriptions. But um, I really, you know, I love flowers, I love teas, using herbs, um, kind of playing with unusual ingredients. I've even, I'd say probably the most unusual thing I've put in my cakes is uh, caramelized onions. <laughs> Which is definitely weird, but it pairs so well with like a high acid strawberry.
2: Interesting.
1: Um, and then like a goat cheese or something. So, oh, man! You know, kind of.
2: I you're <laughs> you're making me hungry because I, I, right? I love <laughs> caramelized onions so much, and that just yeah, that sounds awesome.
1: <laughs>
2: it yeah, and kind of, I mean, a lot of. Go ahead.
1: Oh no! Just like you know, a lot of people think of cake is like it has to have, be sweet or have kind of a certain. Um, uh, give you a certain experience. And, you know, I, I fully back that. I fully back that. If somebody says, I eat cake because I want to taste my childhood, I can totally stand behind them. Um, that's not why I eat cake, though. I eat cake because I want to experience something fun, adventurous, and just a little titillating, you know? <laughs> so um, that's, that's how I have fun with cake flavors you know i I will also do like the fantastic celebration of the vanilla bean don't get me wrong i will but um i i really i really really love and, and enjoy playing around with like kind of redefining um what cake should feel like Yeah, That's
2: interesting because it kind of what you're doing kind of reminds me a little bit of one of our favorite places that we go whenever we're traveling anywhere in the Western United, like the coastal states, we always hit up salt and straw (laughs) because salt and straw ice cream has the same kind of flavor profiles that it sounds like some of your cakes have where you're mixing the sweet and the savory and doing things that are unexpected. And so that's kind of what it reminded me of when I was reading some of your flavors.
1: Yeah, that's a, I, and when I first discovered salt and straw, I was like, oh, my God, they're like the ice cream version of me. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I love
2: that. That's what I thought.
1: Well, well,
0: when we're near you, we'll just have to come and sample everything like we do salt and straw.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't keep a menu. I mean, that's that's kind of one of the things that's like one of the built-in system systematic things as far as like your my business is an art, is an extension of my art as well. Like that's one of the things that I do to keep the my passion and interest around the flavors is heightened is I don't keep a menu, you know, it, 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 I always want to leave that option for, um, surprising myself, surprising the client, yeah. et cetera. I don't even let them, uh, make a selection for their tasting.
2: Oh, wow. So you provide whatever you feel like doing for the tastings and then what, how do they order what flavor they want for the cake?
1: Well, most people will pick something from the tasting because it's something they've tried and they know what it is. Okay. Um, So, you know, a lot of times people will go kind of a safe route. Um, I will also get, because I attract this type of client, I will also get clients who will taste something and then say, ooh, we really love this, but what else could it go with? Or is there anything else you would recommend? to match with the passion fruit curd because we just love the passion fruit curd and then and then you know we'll discuss it and sometimes they'll just order based on the conversation
0: okay and i think that that comes with trust in you because obviously they need to know that you'll deliver something Mm -hmm. tasty and so i think that definitely comes with trust and and a knowledge that you know what you're doing flavor wise so
2: and it sounds really fun (laughs) Yeah it really does. I wanna come do a tasting with you just so I can try some of these things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Well, is there anything else that you want to tell our view our listeners or anything that you're expecting for the future of
1: Jasmine Ray? (laughs) Um I mean what one thing that I am uh actually going to start doing and I wasn't expecting to be invited to um, to talk about anything like that, um, is uh, I was thinking, I've been thinking, I've been working on planning um, and designing some sort of form of like consulting or mentorship. Um, I've been asked by a lot of people over the years and um, I'm really, this is the time to start developing that more specifically. And doing and offering virtual workshops cool. um, so that you know, since no one can travel and it's become much more normalized to have um, virtual time together, uh, that's that's become a lot more of, of a reality um, that can still kind of line up with the personal nature of what I really love when I interact with clients. Um, but, you know, just thinking about for the cake world, like I would have loved that. Um, it was, you know, it was, it's, it was hard in the early days to not have somebody to help guide me. Fortunately, I I had a mentor in the art world who was a painter and and I think that was invaluable. Um, but you know, nobody kind of got it as far as the plight of the cake maker. Um, and, uh, and I don't know that many people who do it. And so, um, I would really love to get into doing more of that work and support for the community. Oh, that's that's, cool. that's
2: great. You know, I think during this whole pandemic, one of the silver linings or tender mercies or whatever you want to call it is okay. is the time that it has given people to to do some reflection on the way their business is going and maybe make some adjustments of how they want to do things that you wouldn't normally do when you're just in the in the grind of it all and you and you're just kind of surviving, if you will. <laughs> yes. And so it gives you a chance to Uh, to really think and to really examine how things are going and what's working and what's not and what you can do to make it work so so I think that sounds great that sounds like something (laughs) I think a lot of people would really enjoy
0: I'm excited to look out for that
2: well thank you so much we're really we're really happy to have had you on the podcast today and I love hearing your story and what you're doing you're you're such an artist and that comes through so much in your work, and it's very inspiring. So thank you so much for taking time to to talk to us today.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm honored. Thank you for inviting me. This has been lovely. You guys are just fabulous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You too. <laughs> thank you so
0: much, though. That was so awesome just to hear your journey and everything you've gone through to get to the point that you're at now.
2: Yeah. And one thing I really liked that she was talking about in her branding is not just having her branding be for her business, but also for all aspects of her life. Um, she is an artist and her branding is artistic and it's beautiful and it's elegant. And I think that that's so cool to think about presenting yourself and learning to communicate in the same way that you want your brand to be. And, um, Kind of make you true to yourself all the way across the board in your life.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think in our individual lives, we we need to choose who we want to be and how we want to present ourselves. And like my mom said, and like Jasmine said, if we transfer that over into our business, it will, I think, greatly help us in a sense that I think our customers and clients, they'll know that we're true to who we are yeah. as individuals and as cake makers.
2: Yeah, I think it will help eliminate confusion in our branding and in our personal lives yeah, too with how sure. we with how we react to things and how we behave.
0: And I love that she she did take the time and take that big step of turning people away. And I think that also is just an indicator that she was staying true to herself as an individual and a cake maker because there are cakes that we will definitely get and we we don't want to do them, and they're not inspiring to us. And I think that should totally be okay that we recommend someone else to that yeah. client or, or hand it over to... Well,
2: she even said it's a better customer experience yeah. if it's something that you have felt inspired in making.
0: Yeah, so for this week's challenge, we just kind of want to take all of those tips and inspiration of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, and um, use that for this week's challenge so this week's challenge we want to create beauty around us whether that's in our personal lives and in our personal relationships with our family and friends and even customers and in our businesses and as we make cakes so just really take the time to to make something beautiful like she said When she was kind of working on a yoga position and she didn't quite have it or the teacher was saying, even if you can't quite get quite get it, just try and make it beautiful. And I think we can all do that in our lives. I think we can all take a little more time to to create beauty around us.
2: And that can come in all forms. That can be creating a more beautiful space in your bedroom. It can be a more beautiful space in the bakery. It can be like cleaning up an area that's just kind of a catch-all and making it a pleasant beautiful place to look at and to work in it can also be in our relationships if we're struggling with our relationships with somebody we can take a step back and figure out how we can make our interactions with that person a little more beautiful and a little more rewarding and so yeah look at look at things around you this week and figure out how you can make anything that you come in contact with a little more beautiful and a little better
0: yeah and I think something so vital in this topic is is making it your own kind of beautiful. I think a lot of the times we do get caught up in the world and caught up with Instagram and everything around us that we're looking at other people's beautiful, you could say, yeah. and we're trying to recreate their beautiful as our beautiful. And we definitely do not need to do that. We are all individuals and we all have our own creative freedom. And we're and, all beautiful in yeah. our own
2: way. And what we bring to the world, we don't want to just copy other people, not just in our businesses and in cakes, but just in ourselves too. We don't want to just copy other people. We want to make ourselves the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And so So look look, look, look at yourself.
0: Beauty. Look at yourself and discover what you think is beautiful and what what beauty you want to surround yourself with and do it and I think along with that kind of bringing it back to cakes and bringing it back to your your creativity and your style is I mean one thing that we can do and one thing that mom and I have always done is we scroll back through our Instagram and our website and we delete photos that we aren't necessarily inspired by or we don't love what we
2: did there or we don't necessarily want to repeat so we don't want customers to see that and think oh they do this let's do this sometimes you need to eliminate those things so that so that everything er everything is in harmony yeah for sure and I think that is
0: something that we can even put as this week's challenge too. a couple challenges this week but go through your Instagram, your websites, go through your cake business, maybe your portfolio that you show to clients at tastings or whatever it may be, and get rid of the things that you're not inspired by, get rid of the cakes that you don't want to put out there as your work necessarily. Because we've all done cakes that, I don't know, maybe we're not proud of or we don't want to do again or or we... They're not us. Yeah, they're not us. So figure out who you are as a cake maker and go through... Your work and decide, is this me or is this not yeah. me? And I think that's another thing that just plays into but creating do, our own
2: beauty. Exactly. And if you do that all with an eye toward the beauty that you bring to the world, yeah. then you can you can have your page reflect you and you can create a more beautiful space there and in our lives. Yeah, for sure. So that's the challenge this week. Create beauty. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you guys stay tuned for next week because we will be talking to Sweets by Joanna. And she is all the way in Spain, so it should be a fun one. And yeah, her stuff is just beautiful and I know that she'll offer lots of things for us to be inspired and by. And I just so.
2: love being able to talk to people from other countries and other uh, just other, other cultures and how cake is playing a part in their lives there. So yeah. we want to thank all of you for listening today. And we, if you're enjoying it, we'd love for you to go and leave us a review or subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to tell others about it because we love for as many people as possible to be able to hear the stories of these interesting people we're getting to meet. We also want to thank Corey, our producer, for all his work and we look forward to next week when we'll continue to talk cake. Hey
1: everyone, this is producer Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again and we'll see you next Tuesday.